Welcome to Business Day Spotlight, where we explore factors shaping the South African economy, businesses, and society. I'm your host, Dizetzo Mutwening, and today we are talking about how to end load shedding. Whether you are the CEO of a multinational, a mother, or a spa shop owner, you have experienced moments where you felt frustrated and uninspired by load shedding. How do we deal with it? Many people have answers to this question. But the best person to ask is Josien Suramukhopa, the new electricity minister whose sole mandate is to end load shedding. We are honored to have you in Tateramukhopa. I'm sure everybody wants to know, yeah. uh, what's a typical day for an electricity minister? You get up at 4 a.m.? Well, well I, I, I don't think that I've had the sufficient time in the position to say what's a typical day. But what has been my experience in the past uh, 10 days or so, of course, there's a lot of uh, media interest uh, for obvious reasons. I think uh, there's an appreciation that uh, electricity, if you like, is the oxygen of uh, any economy. And and I think the, the media would want to know what are these plans that you have, and by extension, the general public, because I think the media is a very powerful instrument to connect us with the with the general public. And then the, the second one, of course, was uh, was industry, uh, essentially saying that uh, look, we we have plans. We want to share these plans with you. We want also to know what your your intentions are, what your plan is to address the load sharing um, issue. Uh, and then, uh, of course, there has to be internal conversations, as you'll know that. Uh, there are multiple players uh, in the public sector uh, that have to do with uh, one way or the other have to do with uh, the energy situation in the country is the MRE uh, from a policy point of view and the entire if you like uh, um, ecosystem of energy in the country because electricity is just but one element of that and then there's uh, the shareholder um, the DPE and then there's also national treasury which is uh, important because of uh, the financial situation that ESCOM finds itself in. Uh, so there had to be those conversations uh, internally. And I still had to fulfill my obligations as a member of the executive. I had to go to my first cabinet meeting preceded by, by cabinet committees. But I think now it's becoming a bit more aligned. So the point is uh, we need to be very active going to the plants. Uh, the ESCOM fleet uh, is indispensable to resolving the, the energy question in this country. So the, the whole of uh, next week uh, will be at the power stations really getting uh, first-hand information, knowledge, and appreciation of uh, the extent of the challenges that is uh, confronting us. But yes, so that has been uh, the experience, yes, having to wake up very early in the morning and finish very late in the day. Uh, 24 hours I've come to appreciate is not enough, at least in the past. <laughs> 10 days. Yeah. But I, I I am confident that uh, we we should be able to come back to the general public and say that this is uh, the implementation of the energy action plan. Because the plan is there, the president has announced. So I'm not writing any new plan. Yeah. And of course the mandate is very explicit. Reduce the intensity and regularity of load shedding. Ultimately of, uh, of load shedding and ultimately leading to the absence of load shedding in the country. So yes, uh, in the nutshell, that has been uh, an, an experience uh, over the past 10 days or so. Yeah. 
I have to ask you this question, Dr. Uh, Mokhuba. Um, I mean, since your appointment, I mean, the commentary that we've been seeing yeah. um, is that you're going to fail. Oh, because yes. Because you're sandwiched between yes. uh, two powerful ANC leaders mm. in the form of uh, Praveen Kodan and Gwede Mantashe. Why are they wrong about that? Well, first is that uh, I, I also am a a political figure in my own right. I mean, uh, if you had to use the measure of uh, being in the National Executive Committee, and I'm not suggesting that, uh, uh, if you like, uh, the kind of influence I wield uh, is not comparable to to the two because of the experience and uh, enormous and uh, uh, impeccable struggle credentials, and also their time of service in uh, in government. So that's a, that's the first part. I see it differently. I see that uh, the presence of these two heavyweights can simply help to reinforce the work that I'm doing. And let me share with you where I derive uh, this optimism. First is that I have an excellent working relationship with them, both in the party and in government in my previous life. My previous lives, when I was the mayor of the city of Tswani, worked very closely with Minister Godan in his previous capacity as a minister of finance. He was even at the time trying to make interventions on how best to improve the performance of metros in the country because those are engines for growth. And of course, that time we're, faced with a, we're not faced with the current problem of uh, municipalities that are faltering with regards to their financial position, financial health, the state of service delivery, but really was to help them to uh, to to be placed in a manner that they can carry the weight of uh, the South African economy and be centers of uh, excellence from a point of view, service delivery, uh, job creation and growth. Worked with Minister Mantasha also during my time, uh, three, uh, three times as the chair of the ANC in the Twani region, him being the secretary General close relationship with us because uh, even at the time we, we knew that uh, our electoral uh, position was uh, under threat, so we knew that we had to do everything to retain uh, to retain the the capital the capital city. And then uh, Minister Godongwani, my just recent past, when I was uh, the head of uh, the investment in infrastructure, I was the chair of the TBSA. Uh, so the point I'm making is that uh, those relationships exist. So there's a point of reference, if you like. One of the first things I did when my name was announced to be the Minister of Electricity was to have one-on-ones with all of them individually and just uh, trying to understand from them what is their perspective. And they, of course, they also had to ask, how do I see this position going forward? So outside the written mandate, mm. I think there are those unwritten relationship rules, right. and then we had to establish those. I, I, I don't think that they, I'm going to... Uh, there will be missteps. Of course, I mean, it will be a height of folly to say that we, we are likely in some instances to see things differently. Yeah. But I'm just saying that uh, you can revert back to this relationship that we have. So if I have a difference of opinion with either of them, they know it's coming from a good place. If they do, I know it's coming from a good place. But what is encouraging is that everyone wants to resolve the load sharing problem. Yeah. So yes, and then the general skepticism about the the, the public, I, I think it has merit. Mm. It has merit because load shedding has been with us for a considerable uh, period of time. We have communicated the messages at least ESCOM to say we are resolving and the situation is becoming worse. I do understand the grievance, the despondent, uh, just people not believing everything that we are saying. And I said that the best way to answer even the skeptics 
is to make sure that you end load shedding. That's the best answer. That's the mo- most comprehensive answer. Yeah. Even now, as we announce the steps and they see that, okay, something is being done, a whole lot more people won't believe. People have lost jobs. Yeah. Uh, people have lost income. Uh, uh, people's lives have been disrupted. So this thing is uh, is very, very painful on, on, on many households and individuals. I do accept it. The, yeah. the anger and people not believing you, they will call you all sorts of names when I raise my hand and say I accept. I know it comes with a position. It is justified. So yeah. I'll take the heat. I'll take the insult, the, uh, everything that comes with it. But ultimately, will resolve load shedding. I guess the biggest tool in your toolkit is the state of disaster. Yes. yes. Um, but is there a way around court challenges uh, from environmental activists? Well, I see it this way. I I see the 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 state of disaster as an instrument of last resort. I, I I am of the opinion that at least on the surface, I'm saying on the surface because now, like I said, next week we'll be engaging with the, the workers. The reports yeah. that I have read and many other things suggest that there's a lot, lot more you can do even within the current dispensation. And what the president was saying was, look, there are other challenges that uh, perhaps uh, requires an extraordinary effort that the existing pieces of uh, legislation will not help you to address them in the quickest possible space of time. Chief amongst those is issues around uh, uh, what the, the, the immediate party of uh, ESCOM calls the cartels mm. uh, that are prominent in the areas of Mpumalanga. Of course, we'll go into the area, get to understand what the, what the issues are, but to the extent that the, uh, the the current pieces of legislation doesn't permit us to address these things, you'll invoke those provisions. But I think that the, as you put it, the the, the most uh, uh, significant uh, tool that I have is the workers of ESCOM. I'm more than convinced that uh, there's a critical mass of honest, mm. patriotic, committed professionals yeah. who really wants to see the back of load shedding, mm. who have uh, uh, put everything on the line mm. to ensure that we resolve this problem. Yeah. They do appreciate the scale and the magnitude of the devastation that the load shedding is causing in their communities, amongst their families. And I know they are committed. I mean, when I was studying civil engineering, I mean, it was prestigious mm. uh, to get to know, uh, to be sponsored rather by ESCOM. It was a badge of honor. Mm. Also, when you graduated, you were associated with this uh, uh, internationally renowned organization, yeah. a mm. trailblazer in many respects, uh, the biggest grid, I think, ESCOM yeah. of any yeah. uh, in the world. Mm. And suddenly now, uh, if you like, uh, is a part of jokes. People don't want to be associated with it. Yeah. When some of the technicians goes to the township, they get to be confronted with danger, physical harm. Mm. So that's where ESCOM is at, rock bottom. Yeah. But I'm telling you, is the people of ESCOM who are going to take it out of the rut yeah. and take the country out of where we are. Mm. I am convinced that I'm going to meet those people. Yes, there will be... Uh, rotten apples, as they put it, but I know that the critical mass of the people of ESCOM mm. are committed to the resolution of this. Mm. So just listening to them, mm. understanding what their frustrations are, mm. what their proposals are, is going to help us to resolve this problem. Yeah. I mean, central to your plan, um, from what I've read, I, I may be wrong here, so correct me if I am, is that you want to to add megawatts, you want to reduce demand. Yes, you are absolutely that's, right. Yes. That's, uh, 
tell me like for this year what is your target um, yeah. in terms of adding megawatts and also reducing the absolutely yeah. no, i think it's a fair question yes i think we're and addressing both sides of the equation yeah so as i sit here we are short of anything between 6000 to 10000 megawatts yeah. on the low side is 6000 on the high side is 10000 megawatts and that is as a result of the performance of uh, the poor performance of the escom fleet yeah. what in technical terms they call the energy availability factor that this fleet can run if you use uh, the metaphor of a car mm. car can run 100 uh, kilometers per hour mm. um, at full throttle mm. you want to take to full throttle mm. but now it's running at 40 kilometers an hour mm. because of a la lack of a maintenance uh, mm. amongst others mm. uh, a chief amongst the uh, uh, the chief reason so it's important that we are able to lift the energy availability factor but you don't just only look at ESCOM mm. you also look at additional generation uh, sources mm. so this will be a renewables uh, it's still going to be base load in the form of gas mm. uh, so it's important that we look at those and and they they, they they are projects that have been approved mm. and on new generation mm. so it's important that we accelerate those they come into the stream right. they can take you to add an, a significant amount of megawatts so let's go to my number let's use the high number 10,000 let's say perhaps they give you another 5,000 mm. so it means you are 5,000 short sure. because there's a demand here people want to consume and mm. uh, they want to uh, bath they want to cook uh, they want to run their pool sure. pump or swimming yeah. pool, whatever you mm. call it. Mm. Industry wants to run, wants to produce, manufacture, so on and so forth. Mm. Retail stores wants to operate. Mm. Farmers want to irrigate. They want to keep mm. the, the cold chain. So you need to bring that consumption down yeah. so that we eliminate this 5,000 megawatts without undermining uh, households' ability to meet their needs, right. undermining business uh, ability to operate and still, and still make money. Mm. So there's issues around embedded generation. So essentially uh, using alternative sources other than this uh, ESCOM right. uh, sources uh, for your own consumption. Yeah. What do you call the embedded solar, genes, solar uh, battery yeah. storage and, and inverters. Mm -hmm. And then the others is behavioral change. Mm -hmm. I was making the point that uh, there's a computation that has been done, a robust modeling. That suggests that uh, if uh, households consume up about 16% of uh, the installed uh, capacity in the grid, and then uh, at peak, because that's when there's rush at the house. Mm. Someone is showering mm. or preparing mm. uh, um, breakfast, preparing food for yeah. kids to go to school. That And then industry at the time, most industries have not opened. Offices have not opened. Retail stores have not opened yeah. because we are yet to go to work. Yeah. So uh, uh, families, uh, households, they consume up to 35% of uh, of uh, installed uh, capacity right. so and then 30 percent of that 35 percent if you like is a uh, is a uh, is solar mm -hmm. is geysers i'm sorry right, right. so if you and i and everyone else were to switch off our geysers mm. that modeling suggests that uh, we can save up to 4,000 megawatts so we can take out the uh, four stages of load shedding without doing anything mm. yeah. you know, or just on the yeah, yeah. on the behavioral side yeah. escom did have this a uh, similar program much uh, uh, way back um, i think approximately 2010 or so mm. and they're telling me that uh, even at the time at the peak 
they were able to take out about 3,000 megawatts. Yeah. That's three stages of load shedding. That's what I call a virtual power station. Yeah. So essentially, you have a midupi, mm-hmm. but it's not physically constructed. Right. It's made up of our individual uh, our individual installations in right. the form of the geysers. We switch that off, then we get the, we get the four stages of load shedding. What is the point I'm making um, is that a lot of this is in our hands yeah. uh, and that's a message we need to communicate mm. and I think that we have been under communicating that message we need to be very aggressive so that you understand you have to take action I take action is the aggregate of our actions that are going to help us to address the, the load shedding question going forward and I guess that is good practice if you come to think of it I mean people even if uh, electricity, you, you switch off your geyser in the morning. Yeah. Um, the peak morning peak say, is around 6 to 8, mm-hmm. if you like. Uh, even if you had to switch it off uh, an hour before, just try it at home, or even uh, when you had the head load shedding, mm-hmm. the water is still warm, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. So yeah. those are the things yeah, that yeah. we, we yeah. should be practicing. Yeah. Uh, and, and in some instances, we'll be looking to technology to help us, yeah. to be able to, you could genuinely forget to switch off, so that you can switch off remotely when you are here at work, yeah. remembering that, oh, I forgot yeah. to switch off yeah. my geezer. So those are the kind of things, yes, yeah, those yeah. are the things that we yeah. can do, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's in our hands, and, and it's about how you pack that information, that yeah. message. But it also has another advantage for you. Mm. The biggest, go and look at your municipal bill. If you had to, it's just that it doesn't break it down to that level. Mm. I can tell you now, without knowing, uh, as long as you have a geezer, the biggest um, uh, consumer of energy in your house is your is your geezer. So imagine having to switch it off for a considerable amount of time. You'll feel it in your pocket yeah. because you'll be paying less uh, to the municipality, assuming that uh, yeah. uh, their billing is uh, is up to date and it's not estimation so yes there are things that we can do in the immediate as we wait for the big technical interventions that we are working on you and i Mm. have it in our hands to address this situation I do have to go back to what's your target yeah. in terms of... Oh, yes. You uh, in did terms ask, yes, you <laughs> did ask, Sorry, I, I was long-winded. So the point yeah. I was making, and, and it's a fair question, yeah. by the way. It's fair because, like I said, people are impatient. Look, sure. you have been telling us these many stories. Yeah. When will load shedding end? Yes. So my mandate is to reduce the intensity and regularity of load yeah. shedding. Yeah. And I said that once I come back from the plants, once I finish those conversations with sure. the board, we'll be able to come back to you and say, in terms of of the plan that President Ramaphosa announced. These are the targets we set for ourselves. So that when I come back to you, you said, but Hosi, you said you'll add uh, 100 megawatts by this date. Where is the megawatts? In that way, it's a transparent process sure. and we get to be held accountable. So we'll come back. We'll come back to you and share with you what that is. And then we should be held against those targets. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, that's it for today's episode of Business Day Spotlight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Hossein Tsuramukhopa, the man who has put his neck on the line to solve South Africa's most pressing economic, social, and political problem. If you want to learn more about Spootless work, become a Business Life subscriber on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. 